It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And hello, I'm Adam Ritz with Jay Baker. Jay, how are you? Doing well. Let's jump right into it with a hashtag I found, hashtag get go gift giving. I like the G's. I like the alliteration. Sounds good already. Uh, there's a company called Get Go. It's a convenience store. Chan, you might have seen uh, throughout the United States, and they give back. And we always love talking about corporations uh, and companies and businesses that give back to the community. And through this hashtag, hashtag get go gift giving, we've discovered that they uh, recently gave a $5,000 check to the All Saints Knights of Columbus Council. Five grand. Boom. That's nice. That quick. And we, we've learned that that money is going to go to distributed to the American Cancer Society, Emma's Footprints, um, Emmaus Ministries. Uh, my apologies, Emmaus. Uh, first time I've seen this word. Uh, have you heard of Emmaus? I have not. Emmaus must be uh, named after somebody important. Emmaus Ministries, Soup Kitchen, uh, and other charities uh, around the area. So congratulations to GetGo and uh, the team members of GetGo. And hashtag GetGo gift giving for the $5,000 they've given. Um, and the one that jumps out is the American Cancer Society. I mean, if you ever have a chance to give to any organization that supports cancer, cancer research, pediatric cancer is a big one. Uh, we are all for it, and we encourage that. And cancer, unfortunately, touches a lot of lives in a very negative fashion. Very few people would say, cancer, that's very abstract for me. That is something that strikes home and is of, you know, people have suffered some amazing personal losses due to cancer. We found a cool picture of uh, of the group from Get-Go holding the giant golf tournament-sized check, the Happy Gilmore check, as I like to call it, uh, that they're giving to the charity. It's on their Facebook page, at Giant Eagle Get-Go, and I'll share that post on my Facebook page if you want to see it. Um, and the other reason I'm sharing it is because this is a, it's a great idea. Not my idea, uh, but a great idea with charity work and foundation Social media is powerful, and if you're not in the position to give money to a society or cancer research, it's important for you to share these posts, because if you share it, then your community, your friends, your family will see your post, they'll be exposed to the content, and maybe you have a rich, I like to call him a rich uncle, I have an imaginary rich uncle somewhere in Seattle, if your imaginary rich uncle sees the post, then they'll be reminded how important it is to give money, research, and time to these charities. And if you own a small business, you may say to yourself, hey, maybe our small business gets engaged in a philanthropy of some kind. Because one thing I love about this show is that we've been engaged with businesses that give back. So it's not always just a profit game. It's enrich the community. And so our hat's off to GetGo and uh, the GetGo Cafe and Market and their team members for giving back to charity. And hopefully this is okay to say, Adam, but GetGo has particularly tasty food. (laughs) And sometimes when you're driving around and you go, ah, the usual thing is just not appealing to me, there's a lot of very nice GetGo's. 
I found myself there on a couple of occasions. It's in their name. Uh, it's Get Go Cafe and Market. So there you go. It's your one stop shop. Adam Ritz with Jay Baker. We're uh, on the Adam Ritz Show. Information at adamritzshow.com. And that's uh, the Facebook page as well, Adam Ritz Show. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Adam Ritz. We are underwritten by Vibonomics. Thank you to our uh, good friends at Vibonomics for supporting this show, uh, allowing us the resources to get this content and this information out to America. We're actually inside the Vibonomics studios right now. And to learn more about Vibonomics, you can head to vibonomics.com and learn about their audio software, vibonomics.com. Okay, before we get to your story, Jay, I found something uh, online. Um, we'll file this under healthy habits. Uh, and sometimes you're online, Facebook or, or Twitter, and it's a time waster. I mean, oh, there's, yes. there's the Twitter mob can waste your, you can get sucked into a hashtag or a Twitter mob topic. And the next thing you know, five hours went by. Well, I found, uh, an image, a meme online, uh, through Twitter that uh, really caught my eye and it's called the daily countdown of healthy habits. And again, I'll post this image on our website with this show, adamritzshow.com. It's a countdown from nine down to one, and these are nine things, nine healthy habits you should do every day, and you'll get the theme once we go nine, eight, seven, and so on. You should take 9,000 steps every day. And I know the Fitbits are popular. Yes. 10,000 is a number I hear around the around the studio. Did you get your 10,000 steps in today? But 9,000 is a very nice goal. Great goal, 9,000 steps a day. Uh, top of my head, I don't know what that equals in miles. Um, I'm gonna. It's a comfortable number. Number. I mean, people should. Sure. If you should get nine thousand steps a day, it's probably a, a, a couple of miles, several miles, not too many. It's, you don't have to run a six k to get nine thousand steps in. But you know, get up from your desk. I'm guilty of it. Sometimes over the weekend, I walked six miles on Sunday. On Monday, I bet I walked six steps. Sure. Sometimes <laughs> it happens. Yes, absolutely. So get your steps in eight. Eight hours of sleep. Makes sense. You probably saw that one coming, but that makes sense. Uh, seven glasses of water. I'm guilty. I'm not a big water drinker. I drink when I'm thirsty, and all of a sudden, a 24-hour period could go by, and I might have had a ha- just a sip of water. Are you up on this? Do you drink seven here's glasses what, of water every day? Here's what's interesting about water. We have a great water machine here. And in fact, did you see that the, it, there was actually a poll? What water do you want? meaning that people love water more than you know. So I know you're saying you don't like it. Most people don't like the old standard because remember when your mom would get you water? Here's this tepid, you know, slightly above room temperature water that would come out of your sink and you'd go, not fancy enough for me. Uh, But the reason why I drink a lot of water is just I've gotten into this thing where cold water tastes great. So we have cold water here and then I carry – the the big uh, oh and I can't remember Yeti oh, this yeah. big Yeti cup jam full of ice I pour water on top of it and so when I have to drive somewhere I'm always sipping water because I found in the car you're kind of just you know you're kind of bogged down you have to wait for traffic et cetera mm-hmm. et cetera et cetera so the time you spend driving you can actually spend consuming water. However, caveat, if you are taking a long car trip, don't drink a lot of water. <laughs> That's traffic another jam. math. That's another math issue. Yes, traffic jam, avoid that with yes. your seven glasses of water. It's not that I don't like water. I just I I, I have to force myself to drink it. And if now, I'm not you, thirsty, I feel like it's almost a chore. Now I, I know, you know, because we've done shows before on ecology and things of that nature. 
there are some great canned and bottled sparkling waters. And some of them can even be lightly flavored and still have zero calories. Even something like that. I know you're yeah, you know, uh, you're notoriously hard to please, I, but I, like, I would think that I like flavors. Uh, I, I could look into Propel. I know they have flavored waters. Right. Um, but seven glasses of water. There's uh, my girlfriend tells me all the time. There's math. D- depending on how much you weigh divided by this number, that's how many glasses or ounces of water you should drink every day. And she's always yelling at me. You are not drinking enough water. So I've, I, you know, I'm getting eight hours of sleep. I'm walking a little. I don't know if I'm getting nine thousand steps a day, but I'm walking. I'm getting steps. I got to work on this water one. Admittedly, yeah. you'll like the water thing, and especially if you find a water that appeals to you. Or for me, it was the magic container. Magic container, jam full of ice, cold water, just has a great feel. So who knows? Might be just something as simple as temperature for you. Six, six minutes of meditation. Oh, I don't do that. You don't all. do that. Maybe six seconds. Um, well, meditation. Depending on what it is. Uh, I mean, before we started this show today, I was for six minutes. I was in my office staring at the wall. I don't, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's not actually meditation. Uh, that's, that's called brain fade. I, I think <laughs> zone zoning out. Uh, I, I zombie out for at least six minutes at a time, several times during the day. Five servings of fruits and vegetables. You're supposed to have five servings every day. That one's a tough one, yeah. And, and you know, I think the fruits are easy for people. Uh, I'll usually have a banana and an apple each day, but it's tougher on the veggies. There's just something about it's not like you look at it and go, don't like veggies. It's just hard to get good vegetables served in what I would say a convenient way. Have you noticed that's the other aspect too? The convenience factor is just not there. And it's not like we all rush out to get fast food, mm-hmm. but you know yourself, we tend to, especially when we get busy during the day, where can we go where we can grab something quick because we have to get back to work. And rarely do those places have, here's a side order of Brussels sprouts. It just sort of doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's hard to prep with fresh vegetables. Yes. Um, I will... Uh, tip my hat to Libby Farr, who works in our studio. She uh, every Sunday night she makes vegetables, cuts them up. Her and her husband, carrots, celery, radishes, tomatoes. They cut them up. They put they prepackage them in five packages to eat every day of the week at work. And I, <laughs> I was so impressed. <laughs> I, this this wasn't supposed to come out, but this maybe this this shows a that I'm getting my vegetables and b how truly lazy I am. <laughs> I uh, asked her a few months ago, when you're doing these vegetables on Sunday night, could I pay you and your husband to double the quantity and bring me some vegetables too? Nice. And she was like, "You don't even have to pay me." Well, I am just because they're buying these vegetables and they're, they're taking minutes and maybe even an hour of their time on Sunday night to prep. So every Monday morning, Libby brings in five prepackaged packages of vegetables for me to eat one day of week of the week. So I'm getting some vegetables. She's getting some gas money. Everybody's happy. And now the entire audience knows how lazy I am that I don't cut up my own vegetables. You're a bit lazy, but at <laughs> least you're trying to get your veggies. And that's like a great thing. As you said, this is kind of a countdown. So we, yeah. we had eight hours of sleep. How what was seven again? Seven glasses of water. Okay, and now we're at six. So six servings of veggies and fruit. Six minutes of medication. Oh, six minutes of medication. Uh, uh, meditation. <laughs> meditation. It's no, not medication. six minutes of medication. I'm on board with that all the way. <laughs> Sign like, me up. Only six minutes. 
Uh, six minutes of meditation. Meditation. Five, five servings okay, of, good. of fruits and veggies. I and need these, to figure are, out. these are good things to shoot for. In fact, yeah. just seeing this chart sort of re-energizes some thoughts that I need to do to get healthier. i got to figure out a way to pay Libby and her husband to get me 9,000 steps every day. <laughs> uh, four. Four breaks, stretching or mental. Uh, just through the day, just I guess that comes back to my form of meditation, zoning out. You need to take four breaks a day where you just get up from your desk, stretch, take a little mental break, and then go back to the uh, the work at hand. Yeah, I think that that's probably a, a good idea. Three. Three meals, three healthy oh, – I'm sorry, three meals and three healthy snacks. So, you know, you can incorporate this with your five servings of veggies. If you have three breakfast, lunch, dinner, you have three core meals – then between them, you have three healthy snacks. That's a good goal to shoot for. I, you know, I feel good about that one. I think I can. I, I have been That's doing a that. Good one. You have your cheat days, of course, but three meals and three healthy snacks every day. And I do like the idea of trying to create healthier snacks because, as you said, if you go munch on some raw veggies, even if somebody else has to provide them for you, go and at least, <laughs> at least I'm getting a, a, a more upright snack. Um, you know, we've seen office settings where they provide snacks, and the snacks oftentimes range from this is horribly bad for you to hey, this is pretty good. So you're right, just the thought process of a little bit of healthy snack, keyword healthy, that makes great sense. Two. Now, this one is tough. I can't remember the last time I did this. Right. Be honest with me if you if you do this or don't. And our listeners, be honest with yourself. Do you actually do this? Two hours of no phone before you go to bed. Two hours of no phone. There's been studies and research shown that the, the brain, the eyes, the stimulus, the stimuli, the screen, the, the data, uh, the images, the pixels, it's, it's a bad way to go to sleep at night is to be, have your phone screen seven inches away from your eyeballs before you turn out the light and go to bed. But I admit, that's not me. Maybe, now, I don't lay in bed look at my screen, look at my phone, turn it off and go to bed. I mean, I there's some downtime, but I'd say on average, before I actually lay my head on the pillow and go to sleep, it's about 30 or 40 minutes back that I looked at my right. phone or looked at my screen. So two hours, that's that's going to be hard to do. I've been a little lucky in because you haven't asked me, asked me, but I tend to be screened during the day, kind of at work, you know, as you said – you kind of keep up if you've got your phone tied in with your email and different things. So you feel like, okay, maybe 80% of it's working. The other part of it is, who filled out a better bracket than I did? You know, one of those deals. <laughs> but I tend not to be as much screen time post 6 p.m. Because thankfully, and I knock on wood as I say this, I'm just not as tied in to Twitter, Facebook, some of the social things. For me, it's kind of like, I'm going to give that a rest because tomorrow – there will be more things for me to look at. I am a little bit bad about I'll watch TV up till about three minutes before I go to bed. And I think the television screen is probably not much better than your phone screen. They say you should avoid any kind of screen at least a half hour before bedtime uh, because, as you're right, you get overstimulated. And how many times, Adam, have you watched a television show – you click it off, you go to bed, and then the first REM sleep you get into, you're dreaming about the television show you were watching. Mm. So oh, yeah. I'm going to guess that in general, some of the stimulus we give ourselves in the guise of entertainment, probably not that great for sleep. So yes, we're sleeping, but are we getting the best eight hours? That's a good question. Now, 
a close uh, cousin to this point is for parents, uh, and I think of my kids. Um, now, I when I go to sleep, now granted, I, I, I'm admitting I don't not look at my phone two hours before going to sleep, but I set my alarm on the phone. I put the phone, it's on vibrate, it's on mute, and I put the phone upside down. So I can't see it light up if I get some sort of Twitter notification. Right. And I don't touch that phone again until I wake up. Um, kids, rather, you know, if, if, if you're not uh, a parent that's really monitoring your, your children's phone usage, if they're going to bed with their phone right next to them, they're texting or posting or uploading or downloading through the entire night. They, they may not get two hours of sleep straight right. until they get back on that device to see who just liked their last post or if Jimmy texted back. Right. So I, somewhat catnapping at that point. Yeah. Yes. So I, I suggest for parents really uh, get a little stricter with the phone rules at night when you when they close, you know, even t- take the phone out of the room. Right. Uh, or at least across the room on, on silent or mute. I don't know how parents do it today with what I would call pre- through adolescent children, because I think there's so many distractions through the phone, yet we would all agree societally, hey, it's kind of good that our kids have that phone. We feel like it's a link to home. We feel like we can leave our child a text message. Don't forget your lunch today. Or whatever it is. Hey, wear a hat, it's cold. Whatever the message is. Don't forget, I expect to see you at six tonight. Or whatever you do as a parent, Mm -hmm. the phone is great in that regard. And you know, any kid that goes, I didn't have my phone, BS on that yeah. one. You know how that goes. But I didn't get right. your message. You've been on your phone 22 <laughs> hours a day the last six months, and you didn't get my message? Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're so correct. I do not see right now, if, if I were the parent of a 10-year-old child or a 12-year-old child, how I could really prevent them because you want to give them that interaction, but you've got to cut it off at some point. I mean, as you said, you might just need to, two hours before bedtime, go, hey, phone's going in this acrylic box in the kitchen and yeah. that's where it's going to stay all night absolutely and yeah. uh, they'll be mad at you for for a day a week a month and then uh, that's just the way it is i'm don't... not sure i could do that but that's probably what needs to be done i'm gonna try tonight to not look at my phone two okay. hours before i go to bed good and i think that that's kind of cool for you that might be a bit of a challenge because as you said you are tied more closely into social media than i am and that's a part I admire for you because I've oftentimes said, Adam, I need to raise my profile. And you've always said, come and see me. I'll help you. In fact, I even have a couple of experts you can talk to. But yeah. I've just been a little resistant to it because I just I know that if I fully engaged, I'd be two seconds before bedtime. What did they say again? Right. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I do some social media consulting. I need to change my PDF because the first thing I say is, look at your phone right before you go to bed. <laughs> is that what it says no Can no it doesn't imagine? it doesn't okay uh and then finally on our our daily countdown nine down to number one of healthy habits number one at least one session of exercise and you saw you knew that was coming so they they say 30 to 45 minutes i mean there was it's a big good, yes. nfl push was play 60 they want kids to play at least 60 minutes every day so 30 minutes 60 minutes you've got to get some sort of exercise session and not i'm not talking standing up from your desk and doing 10 squats and and walking down the stairs and coming back to your desk you need a good 30 to 60 minutes of exercise every day right. you know it's interesting too i just got through reading an article and you know we get so much input into our daily lives but they said that 
the standard American, because we get so busy, um, it's really good if you exercise. And let's just say you've selected my local gym. And, you know, we don't need to include any names, but there are plenty of gyms in our society. So you go to, quote, your local gym. You spend 45 minutes. Most people would say, great, that was good that you did that. But sadly for many of us, after that 45 minutes of working out, we become totally inactive. Part of it is being tired from working out, but part of it is the rest of our day, if we're looking at screens, be they television or phone, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to get on the treadmill and read my phone. It's going to be pretty much like, no, I'm going to sprawl on the couch and watch basketball all afternoon. You know, of course, this is the time of year for that. So, yeah, it's that interesting thing um, where if you can, try to be a little bit active during the day. And that may go back into, you know, walk around your house, walk around your office, actually stretch your legs, uh, you know, go walk around the block. I'm going to put this image on the website, adamritzshow.com. You know what? I'll post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Um, But let's do the recap. And again, if you can do these things every day, these are great healthy habits. I'm almost thinking I should use this as motivation for like a cheap meal or uh, a hot fudge sundae. I can't have another hot fudge sundae until I do all nine things on this list in one day. And some are going to be tougher than others. Some are tougher than others, depending on who you are. The water is going to be tough for me. Um, two hours of phone, no phone time before bed will be tough for me. But here's the countdown. Let's uh, play tennis here, back and forth. Sure. Um, I'll start with 9,000 steps per day. Eight hours of sleep. Seven glasses of water. Six minutes of meditation. Not medication. Meditation. <laughs> Five servings of fruits and vegetables. Four breaks, do a little stretch, or actually a little stretching and mental breaks as well. Three meals, including three healthy snacks in the in the in between the meals. And here may be the tough one for everyone: two hours of no phone before your bedtime, and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> We're down to number one: one session of exercise, thirty to sixty minutes of real exercise every day. Can you do this list, Jay? You know, it's. It really I know you makes, can. I know you can. It makes me want to when, do this. When list. was the last time you did this list? You know, the last time I probably had a day where I nailed all those points, probably a month ago, just because I've been really yeah. busy. But I'm using the excuse of being busy to bypass these. Yeah. I think these are good, healthy guidelines. If you think about it, if you did this, you can kind of keep yourself on track. Maybe sure. during your six minutes of meditation, you say to yourself, you know, I need to exercise a little more, or I need to do more healthy breaks or yeah. eat healthier snacks. Now, I'll challenge the listeners right now. Be honest. When was the last time you had a whole day where you did these nine things? And I'll say, just <laughs> looking at the list, my first question is, the iPhone was invented in 2006. Right. So I'd have to go to at least 2005. Because to say I, I didn't use my phone two hours before I went to bed. Once iPhone was invented, your life just went straight into the gutter, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's been uh, a decade and a half since I did these nine healthy habits in one day. It's so funny. Now, you're saying we're challenging our listeners to uh, to rise to the occasion, and this is a good occasion to rise to. But what happens if you read the list and it makes you sleepy? Because that was my first reaction. <laughs> these look good, but man, you're tiring me out. 
This helps you get uh, eight hours of sleep every day. Read this list before you go to bed. Not on a phone, though. Not on a phone. Print it out and read it off paper. That's funny. All right, so we uh, sail on. We're moving along. Uh, Jay Baker, glad to have you with me. Uh, Adam Ritz on the Adam Ritz Show. What's happening? Well, I always like to bring you something, Adam. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about the fact that sometimes we have awarenesses of things. And until you s- really start to see the numbers, sometimes these things can become very abstract for us. This is the time of year where we have very changeable weather, springtime. We actually get volatile weather. And in parts of our country, we've already had a couple of dangerous storms. Now, this is the time of year that we get more cognizant of being aware of tornadoes. And tornadoes do about $400 million in damage and kill about 70 people annually in our country. I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I've, the, the damage doesn't surprise me, but the death toll does. Well, it should. And here's why. We have new heightened awareness, speaking of the iPhone and screens. We have more heightened awareness. We have more we have a greater capability now of predicting when violent storms occur. Mm-hmm. But despite all that, we sometimes don't do what is necessary uh, in the event of a tornado. And we'll jump right ahead. Uh, you probably have heard the phrase tornado watch or t- tornado warning. And do you happen to know the difference? Well, my old radio days, and I think the definitions have changed here in the last 10 years too, but the old radio days, uh, when you gave these warnings and watches over the air, a watch, even if it's a winter storm or a thunderstorm or a tornado watch, was that conditions were ripe for that weather event. A tornado or a winter storm or a thunderstorm warning is that there is that weather event somewhere. There has been an eyewitness to that weather event, and a warning is definitely uh, more aggressive than a watch because it's coming your way. You're absolutely correct about that. So if you hear watch, it means that tornadoes are likely to occur in the watch area. They always say at that point, monitor radio and television stations for more information. A tornado warning means an imminent threat. A tornado has been sighted in the area or has been indicated by radar. You should take shelter immediately. Of interest, we always talk about preparedness. Now, your preparation kit should be some way to monitor local radio. There's a number of battery-powered radios. There's even hand-cranked radios that you could use for Mm -hmm. this. But I I think of interest is your supply kit doesn't have to be as extensive because if you think about it, tornado damage is so – I don't want to use the word sporadic. That may not be the right word. It's such selective where the damage occurs. Your home yes. could be totally destroyed by a tornado. Your neighbor two doors down. Fine. Totally fine. Yes. Maybe he lost a shingle off his roof. So, therefore, you don't necessarily, like in the case of flooding and hurricanes where you have widespread damage and help and any kind of supplies might be miles away. In a tornado, you don't have to have a lot of the long-term things. Like you don't have to have a lot of food stored up and things like that because oftentimes all those supplies are close by. So that's not as big an issue. But where you seek shelter is very important. They always say seek a small interior room or hallway on the lowest floor possible. And that kind of makes sense. You want to stay away from doors, windows, and outside walls. If you stay in the center of the room and avoid corners, uh, because corners will attract debris. I didn't even stop to think about that, but it kind of makes sense 
that a corner is where things would stop because it, it would prevent things from moving past yeah. the corner. Stuff's blowing around in your living room when the when one wall falls down, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna Absolutely. pile in the corner. Also, rooms constructed with reinforced concrete brick or block with no windows and a heavy concrete floor or roof system overhead. They do say in the case of public structures, avoid auditoriums, cafeterias, and gymnasiums because they have these big, flat, wide span wide span roofs. And those, mm. if under air pressure differential, which is what causes a tornado in the first place, those structures will actually collapse or fall in on you. And that's that's kind of not good. So it's interesting yeah. with the tornado. Uh, they are extremely dangerous storms. We tend to be a bit abstract about them. But 70 people are killed on average. And this is Tornado Awareness Month. So it's not a bad time to review do you know where to go in your house? Um, it's a great conversation to have with your family. My wife is very cognizant. If she goes places, she thinks through, where would I go if there was a tornado? And she is very, very, very conscious and very aware. I think we all should be. Because mm-hmm. when she's being conscious and aware, I think, well, I don't have to be. But you should be. Because <laughs> my wife won't be around. Though she would gladly offer any kind of advice you need, just give her a call. She, she sounds a little paranoid. <laughs> every, every room she walks in, she's like, how do I get out of here? Once again, she's Which is just, a smart way to live, by the way. She's just being careful. But yes, it is intriguing that uh, different heightened awareness. But it is uh, something that is very important. So please review that today. Where would you go in your own home? And here's the other uh, tip as well. Uh, you, If you were ultra concerned about things, you could actually consult with a uh, home improvement specialist and say, could we beef up an interior room in this home to make it safe for my entire family in the event of a tornado? Tornado safety awareness, very important for you and your family. Google it today and have that family meeting with your family as soon as you can. This is the Adam Rich Show, and we thank you so much for joining us. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.